0: Retro Rebel Gamecast episode
1: 31
0: was brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com/togcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content, and see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me, as usual, uh, is my fellow Rebel host, Amanda. How are you?
1: Hey, yeah. Doing good.
0: Hey, yeah. So, it's been a week. What have you been playing?
1: Uh, I still have not finished Watchdogs. Well Well, uh, it's, it's becoming a bit of a slog, I'm zone, not going to lie. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in Act Four, I think. And very, it reminds me a lot of Grand Theft Auto and has kind of similar problems right. where, once I got around to Act 4 and Grand Theft Auto, I was just, just so bloody tired of the same sort of mechanic over and over and over and over, you know? Like, there's usually a chase from the police, and you're usually in a different vehicle every time, and sometimes it doesn't handle very well, and sometimes you get wasted out, and, you know, sometimes there's a boat or a helicopter or what, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt like the whole, you know, evading, capture, ex- etc, etc, was a little bit too Grand Theft Auto, but I am desperately trying to finish it because I've got Watch Dogs 2 still, it's in the wings, I kind of want to know this story going into it, but I'm going to be totally honest, if the next mission is just as a slog, I think the one that I just did before this was um, you had to destroy some uh cargo transport or whatever. Right. Um by using like road elements to do it. So you're basically just sitting there and then you like blow up an air vent and then it derails the van and then the guy gets out and he's really heavily armored and you just run him over in a truck. Don't even try to shoot him. Just run him <laughs> over. Like, you know, that's right.
0: that's where we are. As you do. So
1: but the thing was like, you know, it was it's a super tedious mission because the guy does shit to him, and you're not certain which side of the vehicle he's gonna pop out on. Um and you trying to shoot him from cover and shit like that doesn't super work. I'm sure there's another way to do it. I'm sure I could have used mines or something like that and trigger them after he gets out. But it's like a lot yeah, of work. I didn't do it that way. So yeah. yeah, it was just kinda it's just kinda tedious. So if the next mission's like that, I think I might actually just like watch a story like walk through for the last Act And then, <laughs> you know, um, I've never I've never done that before. But it's just getting to the point where it's actually like not that fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of traveling and stuff. Like that I don't know. Like, I think I'm bored of it.
0: Yeah. no.
1: Which makes me worry that Watch Dogs 2 is going
0: to be I've heard boring. that Watch Dogs 2 is much better. I, I didn't get it. I didn't pick it up because I really didn't enjoy Watch Dogs 1. So and I had the same issues you did. I know there are a lot of people, it's it's more their type of game, but it's just, in, I'm in a different stage of my life, you know, that's a whole nother topic for the show, but I'm, it's just, games like that, if that, if it doesn't catch me immediately, I don't have time to slog through it, and to try to find a part of the game that, that either fits me, or I've got too many other things to do, even if it's mildly entertaining, it's probably not on the level for me to invest that kind of time, and Watch Dogs 1, for me, wasn't any of those things. So, uh, Yeah, I think
1: that's where I am right now. So,
0: Well, I've heard better things about the second one. Well, that's good. So that's what you've been playing for the most part, I guess?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I put a lot of time into it because you get sidetracked, you know, even (laughs) even though even trying to just focus on the main story mission, you know, I'll run run past something and it looks cool and I need to hardcore parkour and see what's up there, you know, like that kind of...
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay well um i i too uh began a and i did not take your advice on any of the games that i'm about to list by renting them because they weren't available at the time uh but i think that i made the right choice because these are games that i want like i wanted to keep and uh, like all the un- uncharted games even though they're kind of a A one way mission. They're not really games that I would play more than once. Once I've seen the story, I've seen the story. I'm not. I am an achievement chaser. I am not a trophy chaser on PS4. So I don't really care. If I get the trophies, I do. I really just want to see the story. I do get some kind of dopamine release when I get an achievement on Xbox, though. So kind of like those a little bit better. Um, anyway yeah besides the you know, especially'
1: besides the- their diamond
0: see and I've never, I don't know that I've ever gotten one of those uh, so oh I, my god if I did and it's like balloons or fireworks no or whatever it makes on-
1: like a little like bling, like sound like like an extra diamond finish sort of sound and you're like oh this is special <laughs> you know what you need to do what? in order to get it, like just um buy some like $3 arcade game or whatever yeah. like yeah. a really like cheap one that nobody plays
0: yeah because
1: it's based on how many people have that achievement that's really what it is ah, so okay, i play a lot so... of games and like i think if only if 5% or less people have the game it's a rare have the achievement it's a rare achievement and huh. one of the games i played recently i definitely said it in a podcast but every single achievement was a rare one because like nobody played this
0: thing. Well, that's, that's you know. funny. I don't know how many people have played. Um, this is a side note, uh, but a game that I wanted to play. It's a full motion video. I think I talked I may have talked about it in the last podcast, but I'm actually looking to play that one um, more. Um, it was, it's kind of a choose your own adventure type game, but uh, I didn't really have time to get into that because I actually played three other games. Um, I, I got the first, episode of the batman telltale series uh the second season uh the enemy within which which uh, begins with the Riddler and i i don't i don't remember i don't think you played you really haven't played many of the telltale games have you yeah so no that was a she shook her head in case you couldn't hear that at home um she <laughs> she has not played the telltale games so uh, I've played almost all of them. I haven't played the Guardians yet. I didn't play Back to the Future. Uh, the Game of Thrones one was just shite, and it just did not. It was so buggy, uh, and then in the end, the story really does, doesn't have much of an impact on the actual Game of Thrones story or the books, and so I was like, what's the point? You know, I, I kind of got this side quest mission that was you know 10 hours long that had no impact on the story. I felt like I wasted my time. Uh, but, I did
1: play that one, though.
0: I yeah, did play that one on see, mobile. And, and but. May, maybe the last episode sums it all up and ties it up nicely. I did not actually finish the last episode. I couldn't. It's just like it lost my interest. And I love the Game of Thrones. Um, I love the books. I've read all the books. Um, I watched the show, even though they, I had issues with the show this year. Uh, all of it was good. But anyway, so I, I played that. It is. Uh, if you are a fan of, if you're a fan of the Telltale series, it's another game I think you should pick up. Uh, it's if you liked the first Batman, or and I really liked the way that they did Batman in the first season of this. They changed a little bit of the origin story. They've changed a lot of the characters and their backgrounds, and so it's like a new take on all of these characters, which I thought was great. You know, I thought that was actually uh, really fantastic uh it's just it's just a way that you've never you know from uh Bruce Wayne's parents to Joker's origin to the penguin uh, Riddler, all of them have uh, you know a little bit of a different backstory than they did in the comic books and so that's been really interesting. So in this first episode there is a big twist uh towards the end uh, and as they do in all the first episodes and so. I thought that was a uh, a good addition to the Telltale family. Um, a good first intro. I'm sure they'll they'll be giving it away free at some point. Um,
1: Whenever you start saying Batman or anything, my brain just like totally spaces. Wow.
0: Does it? Are you just is it because of Arkham? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I, I think so. Like, that really messed with me. That game was so frustrating.
0: well frustrating. I'm telling you, if you if you this is a really good introduction to Telltale if you wanted to. It's it it's not buggy. Um, it's the story is actually really good. What they do with in the first season, what they do with Catwoman, with Two Face, with all of them. It's there's some really complex questions that they ask about Batman's origin and where he came from and why he is who he is and and all of the villains that he. Has a role in kind of creating more or less, and why he's attracted to him. I mean, it's, it goes on deeper on multiple levels, and and I think it's it might get that wash that nasty taste out of your mouth uh, from Batman <laughs> Arkham. So you know, it's it's four bucks or five bucks if you want to try that first episode uh, of the. Actually, maybe cheaper than that for the first season, but it might. I mean, it might be worth it, and um, I would do anything. Uh, Gaming related to try to improve your opinion of Batman, seeing as how he's like one of my favorite things ever. So it would be like if I truly hated, you know, the Dragon Age games and especially Your Crush, and I had like some relatively valid reasons for it. You know.
1: I mean, but how could you? Because well, I know, I can't. It's, it's, a bad, it's
0: a bad example. It's, like, not possible.
1: <laughs> 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 you know that what's example. funny? I'm going to be honest. I'm definitely more of a Superman kind of person, and I think that's, I that know. That
0: could have something to do with it, too. Yeah, because Superman's oh, yeah. a Boy Scout wiener, so.
1: I know. I know, but you know what? He's not a rich asshole either, so i it. Point.
0: That's a good point.
1: He's a farm boy. He He doesn't love a good old farm boy.
0: It's lovely. His hair is impeccable. The reason that you hate him is because there's really nothing about him to hate. You know, it's like you hate him because he's perfect. That's why you hate him. I think that that could be one of the major reasons why Batman hates him as well. He's like, "Ah, you're just disgustingly perfect, you know. (laughs) He's like, I've got everything, but I'm still not Superman, you know. So I'm yeah. gonna make a, I'm Also, gonna make it's a more cryptic-
1: progressive. He's an alien and all,
0: so you know,
1: equal <laughs> rights. And everything equal rights doesn't hurt loves. that he's
0: beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see. Definitely altruistic on your part. I see. Uh, completely selfish. Of course. Yeah. So the Batman I played. Uh, I also played. Um, about an hour of Uncharted: Lost Legacy. I bought it as well, um, but I have all the Uncharted games. And uh, I was a big fan. this one, it may be even prettier than the other Uncharted games. Uh, You start out in India, I believe, uh, with Chloe and Nadine are working together. I believe they're your two main characters uh, throughout the game. And I haven't gotten much into what the story is about, but they're after some uh, tusk that is, you know, centuries old. And and, uh, that's like the the MacGuffin, or whatever the the the
1: sounds like your perfect lady they're looking for some old bone
0: <laughs> <laughs> boom well, they, are, no. they are attractive and both of the both of the ladies have Go, accents they have accents and so that's also a positive
1: oh uh, god get, him. get
0: him. <laughs> but the um but i mean i uncharted gameplay's really not that hard you know if you've played uncharted it's you know, you, uh, it's just like you're playing with Nathan Drake only, you know, you're Chloe and Nadine, you bite your tongue. Uh, so, I say nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a lot of running from people with guns. Uh, you're, you know, dungeon crawling through trying to find treasure and things like that. And so, uh, and then along the way there's exposition dialogue between the two main characters and that's, what I wanted from an Uncharted game, I think there's a lot of. I haven't finished it yet, obviously, um, and so there's the criticism or the, one of the biggest criticisms of this game is that it's more of the same. And so, uh, I think in this instance, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and it's not even a full price game. So even though it may be a full price experience in terms of like length of an Uncharted game, uh, it's an extension of the the series and extension of the story. So it's not really. Uh, but like I said, I these particular games I buy. Um, if it were one that I didn't really know if it was going to be quality, then I wouldn't have. I would have rented it. It would have been my first rental. But it was not because I wanted.
1: To. I, I, you've got to get on the rental train, man. Like, just what good are these games doing sitting on the shelf when you're not going to play them again? You hoarder,
0: well, weird hoarder. I will. Get, I get rid of the ones that I. That I don't want to keep as more or less like a trophy. Like I, I have my Gears of War. I have all the Gears of War. I have all the Mass Effects. Um. And other than that, you, you say know,
1: trophy, I hear hoard.
0: <laughs> well, I have the Horde. space to hoard. It is at least on a shelf somewhere. No, um, well, not on the ground. <laughs> not on it is. It is. If I was tripping over it, I would have to get rid of it. But it wouldn't change the fact that I'm still hoarding it.
1: Pretty soon you're going to be like, look, I've created the Slave Pits of Marine out of copies of Telltale's Game of Thrones.
0: (laughs) I don't think I like your tone. Um,
1: (laughs) I'm feeling salty today. You are.
0: You are. Okay. Um, Salty. And the last game that I played was a game that I was a big fan of in the early 2000s on PlayStation and PlayStation 2, which was Hot Shots Golf. Because I never really liked, uh, I never really liked Tiger Woods golf. It's too realistic. Um, this is a fun game that uh, me and my son have liked to play. Uh, I've I've actually I have played it more than I've played any of the other games. Um, Thank God! I've got the majority of my clubs to level three, uh, and I am uh, I have designed a character that probably looks exactly like me if I was designed by a Japanese cartoony gaming company. So there's that. Going on.
1: Hashtag dad bought us.
0: That's oh no. <laughs> I am the tallest, buffest person on this game for sure. With gray oh, hair. Yes, oh With course. gray hair and a black. Yes. Game. Yeah.
1: In in a golfing simulator like a
0: golfing simulator. That's difficult. With a with a uh, golf sweater and uh, khakis on. So obviously. So class. Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, but it is a lot of fun. Everybody's golf is a lot of fun. Everybody, don't listen to Amanda. It's a lot of fun. If you like golf games, you like, and you don't want necessarily the realism of actually having to be good at golf, or, uh, and you want it to be more whimsical and fun, as golf should probably be, since you know, I can't drink in-game. If I was on the course, I'd be able to drink. So that makes golf way better, because when you suck and you're a little bit inebriated, it sure does help it, your acceptance level. Of being terrible at it, so nice, nice, yeah. There's my solid, segue.
1: Solid dad games
0: that you played. <laughs> ah, good. well, I'm not as good. I get, I get, uh, I get my ass handed to me in in Madden. So uh, this is a game that I think I can win at. And if we had, uh, if we had some,
1: that's half the battle. Huh? That's half the battle.
0: It is half the battle. Thinking that
1: you can win, you
0: know. I well, you know what. If you just gave it to them, it would be, life's too easy, you know, they don't learn any lessons when, you know, everything is just easy like that, so sometimes you need to uh, be humbled, sometimes you need to be humbled by your children as they stomp a mud hole in you in a video game, so. Which brings us to our first topic of the day, which is worst sidekicks, worst examples of parenting uh, in gaming. I mean, worst examples of sidekicks in gaming. Of oh, parenting? <laughs> I was was using that my, a weird
1: Freudian slip? That was
0: a Freudian slip, yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> that was purposeful. But, uh, yeah, I want to <laughs> talk about the worst sidekicks in gaming. Uh, I think this is a fairly easy topic in terms of, like, being able to think of some really terrible sidekicks. But I think it might be kind of hard to narrow it down to one. So, obviously, we will not. I wouldn't just pick one. So, you do not have I to I think pick
1: three. Two. Three a it's good a good number. number, you know. It's a solid number. Then people could sort it into whatever order
0: they would like. They want to absolutely. Very good. Well, Amanda, what are your worst sidekicks in gaming? And maybe what what do we? I, I'd also like well, to kind of define a sidekick. Like a sidekick is this a playable character or can it be a playable character? Or is it or is it generally just someone that happens to be? you know, uh I guess for lack of a better term, beside you throughout the game. Or is it yes, both? You know, is it all I've, of those?
1: I've I've seen it defined as a secondary character, often playable, but not always, who is an integral part of the story or has like important additional talents. That's the definition that I saw. Um, okay, like which was written by someone because I'm pretty sure it was Wikipedia. So <laughs> <laughs> someone else is defining this for us. And, um, so, so by that token, um, there are a lot of things that you probably shouldn't put in there that I'm definitely going to put in there. Um, the first one being anyone who becomes a sidekick. As a result of an escort mission in any game ever, they never work properly. They're always too bloody slow. If they're talking, that's even worse because it's like watching paint dry. It's so slow and awful. Um, There's usually like, you know, their hitboxes are really weird or they aggro things that are miles away. um, Or it's like they're on purpose trying to get caught to make it harder you know if you if you try to take them kind of the long way around and avoid you know any spawns or or any monsters that you can see it's like they on purpose just cut that diagonal so that uh
0: right they yeah. interact
1: <laughs> with every single thing um usually on anything harder than normal difficulty their hit bar is like made out of glass right uh so yeah. it doesn't take you know much to take them down and what I find particularly irritating is if that character prior to this was a decent character, like maybe even a playable one who had skills of their own and was totally capable of holding their own. And then all of a (laughs) sudden they're like cowering in a corner and and you have to do everything for them. Yeah. So I, that sort of thing is pretty weird. Um, Even worse, if it's an escort mission involving vehicles, that's just asking for, a really difficult time um, because the, uh, the follow radius is either too short or, or too far. And right. you know something happens and you get separated something. So I would put the worst sidekicks ever is anyone who becomes a sidekick as a result of an escort mission, because it always sucks and they've never gotten it right huh. to the point where <laughs> a you, you actually care because you do not care. Right. You're like, no. oh excellent, you know, now I need to do whatever. And by the same token, escort is not, you know, the the other one that's also super annoying is the defend one. Yeah. They're like, mate, go faster. Like go faster. You yeah. know that we're like fighting for you. <laughs> so don't take the same amount of time every time I do this. You know, a like
0: casual walk or run. I yeah. feel
1: like Yeah, exactly. So the, the defend so-and-so from ambushes while they do such and such, and you know, it, it always takes forever. Um, that's the same sort of thing as an escort mission where even worse, if it was a character that was bloody decent, you know, or could shoot or whatever. And suddenly they're like a big baby, um, and, and need you to do everything for them. So that, (laughs) that's one for me. Okay. So what, what's one for you?
0: One for me, um, I, I'd have to agree with you. I, I didn't want to, because typically on these lists I cheat, and so I, I will, I will make it to where I've listed. You know, if there's three that we get to list, I'll list five, but make it three or something. I don't know. I do magic, but I have to agree with you on the escorts. I think escorts to me are, are the the worst sidekick. But I felt like that might be cheating, and you did a better job of kind of defining it a little bit better. So I think that. Um, that's definitely one that I would – I give to you, so I'm going to I'm gonna choose.
1: Uh, thank you for not cheating and re-choosing what I chose first when I typed it.
0: <laughs> I know. I, well, and, and I, it, you were so right because it was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, escorts are the worst. They are just the worst. They never do what you, you tell them to do. So I had to do some research because I've, I've played games. We've both played games for a long time, but I've played a lot of games that I've forgotten uh, the sidekicks to so i went through my games i got online and i started researching and trying to find games that i had played and 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 just get kind of refreshed on um some of the better and worse sidekicks that i encountered throughout gaming and and probably my the one i want to go with first here is uh, natalia from goldeneye uh If you've seen the movie GoldenEye, then you know, just like you were explaining, that here's a character that in the movie GoldenEye could completely take care of herself. She didn't need... I mean, she obviously was saved by 007 a couple times, or a few times, but she was much more capable. In this game, she, she consistently runs much slower than you do. She consistently runs slower than all of the enemies, and she always gets in the way of you shooting the enemies that are coming towards us. So as she's moseying by everybody and basically mag- magnetically attracted to the enemies around her, she's getting in the way, and, and she's a one-shot kill for the most part. So if you shot her in the knee on accident because you're trying to take out you know, the, the enemies in front of you, then she's dead and you have to start over. Because as soon as you kill her, it's all over with. Uh, Natalia, by far, and she's integral to the story because she's in the movie, and the game pretty much goes beat for beat. With the movie so if you've seen the movie you know what's gonna happen next you know where you're gonna land you know who the enemies are in that area you kind of know how the story's gonna go so she's integral for the whole thing just happens to be the worst and and completely incapable of doing anything that resembles helping uh, and only make, only stands to make the the uh, experience much more difficult so what's your second one
1: right so I don't know which Resident Evil it is. Um so somebody's going to have to look and put it in the comment. But it's the <laughs> one where you're like this middle-aged dude dude like maybe like I don't know 45 something and you rock up on this island. Um I'm pretty sure it's like a dock situation. You go up on the dock and suddenly there's like this little girl there. Um and She becomes your sidekick, like pretty much instantaneously. Except she can't really do anything. If I remember correctly, she doesn't even have a gun. She just like, like gets underneath things and in between stuff to like open doors and things like that. that.
0: Four? Is that four? Resident Evil Four?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm not. Yeah, maybe. Leon, but she's super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. She's super annoying. She doesn't do anything. She can't kill anything. And so if you're playing multiplayer like two people, whoever's stuck as her is like literally the worst. So you're doing all the work. <laughs> right. And they're just standing there like, "Oh, look, I opened this, this door back here." And you're like, "That's fucking great. I'm killing all these like things on my own. So, thanks for nothing." Right. So I would say that she's the worst not only at being a sidekick in general because she doesn't bring any firepower or anything to the game, but also she's the worst if you're playing co-op because then your friend is a lazy fucker. So (laughs) both of those things. And that's my number two.
0: All right. Well, my number two would have to be Mission... And I would say Mission Vow, Mission Vow, or Vao, Vayo, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, Mission from KOTOR, the first episode, uh, is my number two, and, and in no particular order, just one of the worst sidekicks, I think. Uh, most useless in terms of skills. When you get all of your characters, and you get Mission relatively early in the game, she comes with, I think it's, in not it Zalbar, uh, the Wookiee? She comes with the Wookiee. I Wookie's mean, very...
1: you are asking me to, like, dig in the depths of my memory. <laughs> uh, I know. I,
0: I know. And there's probably some worse sidekicks as, as we go through. But I as I was thinking back, I couldn't think of any worse than this. As an actual character that helps with the story, that has her own side missions, which also are kind of the worst. Um but she comes with a Wookiee, and the Wookiee only really listens to her at first until you get a life debt from him or something uh, later on. And when you get her, she has the same skills that another character in your party has, but she's not as good at it. And she doesn't have the stamina, and she doesn't s- start with good weapons. And so it's like I have no in, I have no incentive to invest in this character. You know, The only reason that you do is so that you can get through her part of the story. And you don't actually have to do any sort of real investment in her. You don't have to take her on any of these trips until you get to the point where you have to go through her story. And if you've got some other characters that are strong enough, or if you're strong enough, then it doesn't matter if she's weak and (laughs) that you can kind of carry her through the battles. But yeah, she was, to me, one of the most worthless. Uh, She was just kind of a smartass anyway, so all of her comments were usually smartass. Because she was a, a street urchin. She was a... Uh, An orphaned girl, more or less, that, uh, you know, she was hardened and all the other cliches. But (laughs) when she came onto my crew, I'm like, well, thanks for the Wookiee, but uh, we don't really need you. You can stay at this spaceport. How about that?
1: (laughs) Thanks for your Wookiee. I'm out. (laughs) Thanks for your Wookiee.
0: I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) So he seems to be cool with it. So see you later, mission. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she was she was the worst. That was my number two.
1: I get called Mission. Like, yeah. I mean, that, I that know, isn't confusing in and of itself.
0: <laughs> mission is on a journey. Yeah. So, Mission Mission was the worst. That's my number two. But
1: right. Number That's a one. solid number
0: two. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was
1: terrible. Uh, right. So, the last one on my list is mm-hmm. going to be controversial, I'm sure, because a lot of people do like this character i think um she definitely has personality uh but i absolutely became I, I began to despise her after a while um and that would be pb from mass effect andromeda
0: yeah um you there's no love lost there for you
1: yeah uh, yeah you know it's funny initially when i you know, ran into her and whatever, I was like, oh, she's kind of cool. She's like an archaeologist stroke treasure hunter stroke history buff. I'm kind of into it, you know. And then as I started going through other people's stories, I like ran out of dialogue options with her for like seven hours of gameplay were the only things she ever wanted to say to me. Was a like weird flirty comment that wasn't even like that nice. Like it was kind of gross. And I remember every time that I went in to where she was and that was the only thing she had to say, I started to like hate her a little bit more to when I just stopped taking her on missions entirely. Also, her weird crop top outfit is hideous and yeah. I hate it. <laughs> so the second that I got Jal on my team, um, I started taking him and the hot blonde chick everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> job done, fun. Yeah. I, PB, you PB, PB, PB,
0: you suck. PB. PB's, PB's. <laughs> well, the, I haven't uh, gotten that far in, uh, into that game yet. So I'm still in the first world, you know, I'm. I uh there's a lot to do on the first world. I mean you could spend five or six hours on that first world and I and, don't uh, like it's...
1: even try to no 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 like trust me, don't. Th- like because you have to do the same sort of shit on every world you come to. Yeah. And there's like a basic minimum you have to bring it up to, like, to be successful at the end. Yeah. So don't overdo it. Just trust me. By the end I hated every single interaction like that was required for the settlement. Oh right. my God. It was <laughs> like, because I full completionist, the first world. Yeah. Before I did anything else. Yeah. And that was a mistake, a oh. huge mistake. Yeah. Cause yeah. it gets very, you have to do that sort of thing everywhere you go. Yeah. So
0: pff, Nope. don't do it. Don't nope. do it. Okay. Well, that, just, that will uh...
1: just, Yeah, focus on finding people, expanding, you know, the people that you've got on your crew, like follow the, you know, yeah, Yeah. don't, uh, all the things where it's like, find the 50 ones of these here and scan the 100 things of this. Don't do those.
0: Okay, that would, that would have turned me off anyway. So, okay, if I see those, I definitely will not do those. Okay, good. Well, um my last uh and again in no particular order although this one is a strong contender for the worst ever of anything uh is uh, navi from zelda uh, i think it's ocarina of time is where you first encounter navi and navi's a little lightning bug glow fairy um that is kind of uh, like your. Ex- oh yeah
1: that makes noise
0: yeah it says hey or some stupid shit Hey, over here. Yeah, over here. And that's all it says. It doesn't say anything else. And it only says that when it's your time to do something. And it will stop everything going on in the game to bring your attention to something that it wants to teach you. And so, like, you may be on the way to doing whatever, saving the world or the princess or whatever. And Navi's got something to say. And Navi, by damn, you know, is going to be heard. And uh, so you're going to have to stop what you're doing and listen to her, him. It... The fairy. and uh, so you know there are there are many lists. I think where Navi is actually one of the better of the uh, the escort or the the uh, sidekicks, but I can't I just can't see a list where this particular annoyance unnecessary. You know, there's got to be other ways to do it. You know, there's another less annoying sound that could have been used to get your attention, to you know do the exposition. Um, but every time it's like it's a it's a tick, it's fingernails on the chalkboard. If I hear, hey, or whatever Navi does, it it uh, I just ruin my day. That that would that it by itself could ruin my day. So <laughs>
1: uh-
0: Navi's the worst. So, well, good. That's uh our first topic. That topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible performances are awesome and you can get a number of different audible performances on audible.com. Why don't you enrich your life and check out Audible's trial service by heading to audibletrial.com/togcast and receive a free audiobook and 30-day trial to check out their service. Amanda, what is our recommendation this week?
1: This week we're going uh with something completely different and it's called A Classical Education, the stuff you wish you'd been taught at school. Um and it goes through sort of things that you should know that not everybody was taught at their particular university or college from engineering principles to um, like discoveries from the ancient world, uh, had the Socratic method um, and stuff about the Romans, like essentially anything that's good common Classical knowledge to have, it'll enlighten you. And some of the facts are actually pretty interesting. So, if you're somebody who likes documentaries and that sort of thing, I think this is a good, well rounded introduction to a classical education.
0: Nice. All right. Well, if you like that, you can head over to slash podcast to get that title today, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash TOGCAST and get your free 30-day trial started today. Topic two. We started with the worst. Now let's go with the best. The best sidekicks in gaming. And there are so many to choose from. And we've clearly, I think, defined what a sidekick was in the first segment. So, Amanda, what would your best sidekicks in gaming, your list, what would it consist of? Or Who? Oh, wow. So I,
1: I would start with the dog from Fable. Um, he was super useful. You could like find extra treasure or whatever. And he was just kind of nice to have around. Like it kind of sold the ambiance of like being in sort of a village setting. And, you know, it makes sense that there, there would be, you know, friendly creature that want to hang out with you. You know, you've got food and stuff. you got a whole sack full of food. So, yeah, I kind of like the dog. I like the fact that he can help you find treasure and stuff on the beach. And so I would put dog as rank three in my list.
0: Rank three. Okay. Well, um, I think rank, whereas my, my first one on this particular list, three uh, or, you know, in no particular order, is HK47 from the first... Second, and I think also the the uh, Old Republic, Star Wars, the Old Republic. Um, Is it Meatbag? Oh, yeah, it's Meatbag, yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah, um, one of my favorite characters in any massive multiplayer game or, or uh, a role-playing game, one of my favorite side characters, uh, his dialogue choices were always uh, funny, uh, inventive, um you know, in the first game when you're Revan, he seems to only really respect you, even though you are a meatbag, uh, in his eyes, and so he will continue to call you a meatbag, but, or he'll change, you know, he'll apologize and, you know, and correct himself and call you master, but, um, you know, throughout the games, he is an assassin droid, and so he, you know, outlives the majority of humans, and, and, uh, he can basically upload his, and you know ai into another version of himself and so he kind of lived throughout uh you know the series of games but uh, i always thought and and he was one of those that you could take into battle and not only was he humorous and entertaining but he was also one of your better fighters and you didn't really have to worry about him uh he came pretty well equipped uh and so upgrading him you get him later in the game and so he he kind of is ready to he's battle ready by the time you get there but he was one of my favorite, uh, all-time favorite uh, side sidekicks uh, in any game for every reason that, that you might. He was entertaining. He was also uh, helpful, uh, which is kind of, you know, how we define this right now. If you're funny and useless, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you make the list, but HK47, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. That's a
0: good pick. So what's your second one?
1: Right, so my second one, um, slightly less useful, perhaps, in the conventional <laughs> sense, but I have to go with uh, with Cortana from Halo.
0: Right, okay.
1: Um, you know, just an important part of the story, in fact. Uh, uh, you know, some of the Halo games are just entirely about her um, and, you know, what she's going through and, and that sort of stuff. And I think to the character... Because she's always inside his helmet and, you know, there, it keeps it from being such like a Lone Ranger story, which it very easily could have been. Um, So it's a bit of dynamic there. Uh, uh, I think she's pretty cool. And the fact that, you know, she's so cool and they they liked her as a general rule that she became uh, the Microsoft voice assistant name is also cool as well, you know. Um, and a good evolution, excellent graphical evolution, like great voice acting. So oh, I would say she's a good all-rounder for a non-playable character, sidekick.
0: I would agree. Um, I, always, I always felt like that was the, the humanistic part of, of the, the Halo games because Master Chief has zero personality. So it's not like you're getting any emotion from him. The emotion that you get is from her and she is as far as i understand a true artificial intelligence so um as far as she knows she feels feelings and can you know exude feelings and and can banter with someone in a way where you feel like that person is reacting or cortana was reacting to master chief in a way that you know reflected a person who has feelings so it was the most human part of the game and, and kind of where I would attach my emotion to because Master Chief gave you nothing <laughs> to really feel from, you know. Yeah, so that, he's, you know,
1: he uh It's yeah. just a marine, metal marine, that's
0: it. The man's man. Um Well my number two would be uh I think a character that isn't probably as well-known as maybe HK-47 for dialogue, but definitely one that I respected and, and probably the character in a in a role-playing game that I trusted the most in terms of, like, you I'm going to pick this person every single time I go out into battle because I know he's got my back and he I don't have to really worry about him because you don't really control him much, and that was Rex from Mass Effect 1. Uh oh yeah. Erdnot Erd yeah, Rex, cool. your Krogan, uh that you have to kinda earn his respect. I liked through. him. I liked him too. I, I really liked him and, and I got to the end in my in the first playthrough of Mass Effect, you get an opportunity, a choice to get him to stay with you or you can choose I think it it's right towards the end of the game, uh where you have to make a decision. And I don't know if it has to do I think it has to do with the genophage. Um but it also yeah, has to be
1: yeah,
0: Yes, and, but I think it has to do also with one of your human characters. And uh, somebody dies, you know. Um, and, I, and I think it's I think I may be combining two of the stories, but regardless, um, I'm sure in the comments they could correct me, but I know one of your human characters you could um, lose, and there's a chance that you don't ever get Rex to join your crew. I, and, I, I, and I can't remember what, what point that is in the story. Because if you go into Mass Effect 2... Rex is dead. If if you don't get him in your story, Rex is dead and there's another yeah. Krogan that runs uh his people. So, and and for whatever reason I got my Xbox stolen way back then and I did not have my save anymore, and so I had to you know, I had I just had to go into Mass Effect 2 uh, without without that particular choice being saved. And so Rex was not in the rest of my games. So I don't know how that played out. Anyway, but Rex was one of my favorite characters. Um, he was one that was always standing when everything was over. With he would run headfirst into the battle, and you knew he was kind of a tank. So you just he was going to clear things out, and you could just run in behind him and use your exactly. powers. To, and <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Rex is my number two.
1: Yeah, he was really good. I liked him. I I wouldn't have. Uh... I wouldn't even thought about him, but yeah, he was really good in the game. I definitely remember. And he was funny sometimes, so I like that he as was. well. Um, he right.
0: took no mess from anybody.
1: Exactly. I'm not taking no crap. Uh right. So my number one, I would put at well, recent number one, I would put at uh as B T seventy two seventy four from Titanfall two. Um I keep going on about it, but they, the writers definitely nailed the sort of computerized like analytical brain with like a bit of humor in it, um, with that character. Uh, and I, I think even though there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue, like he was obviously a super important sidekick. Um, if anything, I would say the story is probably actually about him. Um, And you're just the pilot. Um, But I would say, you know, if you're considering him a sidekick, because you are the playable character and he is technically not, even though you you pilot the mech suit, you are not him. um, That I would, I would have to say that he's probably one of the most like charming endearing and also like super powerful whenever you were in the mech, the game was a million times easier. So Thing he doesn't really need you, Um, and I thought that was an interesting dynamic. It made for one of the most interesting sidekicks, where you are not as powerful as your sidekick, you know, and they're kind of the the primary damage dealer, you know, overall in the game. I think the story was fairly interesting, you know. It was hard for me to understand all of it, but um, you know, I think the bits with the interaction between. You, the pilot and the mech, were always good, like well scripted, and um, yeah. In recent memory, that's the only sidekick that the second that I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. In- incredibly memorable and also, you know, time bound, a-, a-, a bit time, a bit timely.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, you have uh, spoken highly enough of that game that I actually really do want to play it. Uh, I, I may uh, rent it. Uh, at some point, it'll be on my list oh, of rentals. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, which is short list at this point. But, <laughs> um, well, my number one, again in no particular order, is a non-playable character, uh, but a character that I think defined, you know, a strong character who could take care of themselves. You didn't have to worry about them. Kind of always showed up right when they needed to as well to help you. Uh, the opposite of useless. especially in terms of a character that many times you would feel like you were escorting but and they were actually escorting you um and leading leading the way for you and that's elizabeth from bioshock infinite uh elizabeth for me she she uh you know and with all the twists through that game and have you finished that game did you play that game
1: no, I haven't. I will. It is on my list of things yes. to.
0: Okay, run. I thought you hadn't yeah. yet, so I don't. Want, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, but she is one of my favorite characters, uh, favorite sidekicks for sure. Uh, she may be my favorite sidekick because of all the thing, reasons that we listed before. She is not helpless. She is strong. She she's not someone that you have to continually defend. She goes and finds a place to hide. And is much more realistic. It's like she'll run away. You're like there's there's something about to go down. She runs away, hides, makes sure that she's safe. You take care of everything, and then she pops back up. I mean, I mean, she knows her role. Her role was not to, uh, you know, to get into the fray with you. Your job is to shoot everything, and her job was to, you know, come back and exposition and lead the way after that and show you where you need to to fight another day. Yeah. And so she knew her role and I wasn't mad at her. You know, I I did not expect her to be out there. I, you know, it's better than Nate, uh, than Natalia who's going to literally get in the way and you can kill her, you know, which I'm sure there were many times when I was, you know, when that game first came out where I would just shoot Natalia because I was tired of her being in the way. I'm like, God dang it. You know, and then you shoot her. Um, but Elizabeth was not that. She was, she's a good character, a strong character, one of the best parts of that game and of one of my favorite games. You know, Bioshock Infinite, easily one of my favorite games uh, of all time as well. So uh, I think I've listed it as one of my favorite uh, featured favorites. So.
1: I, I think you have yet.
0: I think I have. I think it's on the list. So that brings us to our last topic of the day, which is always our featured favorite, which is where we list uh, each of us list one of our favorite games of all time. They're not necessarily one of the best games or most critically acclaimed games, uh, but to us, they are uh, they are one of our favorites. So all time favorites. So this week, Amanda, what is your featured favorite?
1: Right. So this week, I'm gonna go with a game that I think. Made its own sort of genre. Um, as far as I can remember, I've never seen a game, uh, that has the gameplay mechanics that Plants vs. Zombies does. Um, I've, I've never seen anything quite like it because it's part strategy and part survival platform even though you're kind of not moving. Um, but you're having to think in advance. It's got to be a bit of resource management as well. Um, you've got uh, the sunshine meter is essentially like a hunger meter or whatever, you know, or, or uh, you know, a resource collection meter. So, you know, it's interesting. You have to think about how to... Have you ever played a Plants vs. Zombies game I before? Haven't.
0: No, I have not.
1: Huh. It's really good on mobile, to be honest. It translates really well. It's a good game for a commute because uh, it's offline. Um, but, yeah, it essentially you are a homeowner and you're planting a garden of anti-zombie plants. Uh, and the whole point is to keep the zombies from chewing through all the plants and all your defenses and getting into your house. That's literally the Naturally. point. Naturally. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really cute. It's got great art design. The zombies are different and have different skills. Um, Things happen at night, they happen during the day. There's water features, you know, all sorts of stuff. So the gameplay builds upon itself. But I think, at its essence, it's a really fun, like a carefully thought out experience. So I would definitely put it in one of my top games of all time, not only for being super unique. But also requiring, you know, quite a bit of skill without there being any shooting involved. Oh. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, there's not really, there's not really bloody violence. You know what I mean? Like when the zombies die, yes, you know, they, they do get charcoalized or their little heads pop off or, you know, whatever, but it's not <laughs> like gore. You know, they're not human yeah. beings. You know, it's like, it's a it's a different sort of thing, and I think I think it's a quite cute game, um, and I would highly recommend it, especially on mobile. Good for a commute, but um, you know it's fine on console as well.
0: Nice, that's, I think that's a good addition. I haven't played it, but I've heard good things about it, uh, at least the first iterations of it. So, uh, for me, I think this uh, I've, this particular game is holds a very special place in my heart, and I think I want to put it on the list now because I think I'm approaching the end of its of its cycle in my life, and that's uh, World of Warcraft, the RPG, or the Ah. MMO RPG. Um, I've been playing it since Vanilla. i played it since, you know, I think it was released in November of 2004, and I bought it in November, uh, but I don't think I actually, you know, uh, installed it and started playing it until towards the end of the month or maybe the 1st of December. And uh, so I was, I got at it late or later than you know than some people who started it literally from day one or were in the beta, but I have been there since the beginning and I've played it. Uh, you know, and this is going on. It'll be 17 years, I guess, this year, right? Uh, or 13 years, 13 years, 13 years, 13 years. Yeah, 13 years um, total. And so um, this this November, it'll be 13 years that I've played it. Uh, you know, there are probably generations or at least one or two generations now that have played it as kids and now have kids that are playing it um, or played it as young adults and then now have kids that have, are playing it. I know that my brother is one of those people who played it uh, and now his son, uh, he, he gave his account to his son. You know, he doesn't have time to play it anymore. And, um, so, you know, it's a game that I've invested a tremendous amount of time, more time than I really want to to go find out exactly how much. Uh, I've met a lot of really good friends that I'm still friends with uh, from guilds. I consistently played by myself, but there was a lot to the story, and I loved the Warcraft story uh, enough and the lore that I would continue to come back and wanted to learn more. And you know, there's another exp- there's another major uh, patch that just came out recently, and uh, you know, and the and the the next expansion is probably not far off from that. Maybe you know three, six months away, and so, uh, you know, they are uh, continuing to add content, and so the story's going to go on, but uh, for me, I know that I'm in a position in my life where I just can't play it quite as much as I wanted to. I can't invest the time that that game really demands, Um, and so, you know, I think it's kind of on the, I'm on the end of my cycle with being able to play that game, but it is one of my favorite all-time, it'll always have a special place in in my heart um, because of, you know, how much time I've invested in it. And, uh, you know, just really what kind of game it was. And it was my introduction to MMOs uh, or the MMO experience and, um, you know, and got me into playing some other MMOs just because that was my introduction. And I know a lot of people tried Ultima Online or, you know, City, City of Heroes or, uh, you know, um, even... EverQuest, you know, may have been their introduction. But for me, it was World of Warcraft in 2004, and uh, from there I've actually played a number of other ones, and so I'm just, uh, it is definitely will always be one of my favorites, so. Wow. Hell of a good up? Day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps up <laughs> this episode of the Retro Ripple Gamecast. I want to thank you, Amanda, for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time.
1: See you later.